player two has entered the podcast. I think we are ready. Are you ready? Boom, so he's ready. <laughs> <laughs> welcome, welcome back, people, to player two has entered the podcast. I am your co-host, Michael Peterson, a.k.a. MC Paperstacks, a.k.a. Struggling to Stream Doom. And with me, as always, is my co-host with the co-most, Derek Murkison, a.k.a. Full Metal Merc, baby. How's your week, Derek? It was pretty good. Yeah? Uh, yeah, I kind of took it easy this week against my, not, not necessarily better judgment, but... Against uh, all fe- instinct. Right. There was, there was a lot of times where I just, uh, I came home and I was like, it took everything in me not to stay out and thrift. Mm. Like, I didn't go to a Goodwill outlet all week. Mm. And I, I'm usually in there like every day, so... Yeah. Just, just take a little, little break. Take a little break, season. Yeah. Yeah. I feel you. I mean... Holidays are coming up. It's okay to take it easy, soak it in, so to speak. Yeah. Well, my uh, my son is upstairs stomping around, uh, as four-year-olds do, and uh, the wife is out on a marker's run. She's She needed markers. She's like, I got to go out and get markers. And I was like, well, you got to do what you got to do. <laughs> right. So if he comes down and he's like, open this juice, you know, just know that that's a thing that might happen right. until she gets back. <laughs> yeah. No, Nora's out there stomping around, too. I'm like, Jesus, I can hear yeah. you. Kids love to run and jump and stomp. Let me tell you. Mm-hmm. Oh, they don't. Enough. They don't like it when you're loud, though. Let me tell you. Oh my God. She she will look at you. No, you cannot do that. You cannot talk loud. I went upstairs today. Well, I went downstairs because I came down from the bedroom and started fixing my breakfast slash lunch. Because I mean, let's be real. What time I woke up? It was already lunchtime. Right. And he's watching this little bunny show about English bunnies. I can't remember their names. One of them's Gaspard. I don't know. It's some mm-hmm. show we found on Netflix. Right. And I'm over here like, oh, I lost it. Let's go play hide and seek. And he's like, dad, I can't <laughs> oh, hear. So annoying. I <laughs> yeah, I can't hear the show when you're talking. <laughs> so I was like, okay. By the way, in the skillet, you know, uh, pouring water, rinsing things out. None of that's bothering him. So he goes to the front room and I'm still cooking. And then under my breath while I'm like chopping up some chicken, I'm like, oh. It's time to play with your brother and me, sis. And he goes, Dad! And I'm like, damn it. It's like, you're not allowed to have fun if Dude, they're hate, enjoying something else. He hates me lately. Like, Man. Whenever I sit next to him, he's like, can you go somewhere else? I'm like, fuck, dude. I thought this wasn't going to happen until you were 12. Yeah. That's crazy. He's, like, asserting, he's asserting a lot of independence and dominance. And because I'm like in the primary checker of that dominance... He's like, why? And I'm like, motherfucker, because I said so. <laughs> so he's he's not feeling me right now, but he will respect me. Yeah, it's it's crazy because Nora just turned four mm-hmm. on Monday, mm-hmm. and it's it's oh, just, happy birthday, Nora. Yeah. Yes, happy thank you. birthday, Nora. Happy birthday to happy birthday. I saw those posts that you guys did on Facebook. They were adorable. And her uh, little quotes man, about talking to everybody. Yeah, she's mm-hmm. she's a, she's great. I know. Such she's a great. lucky guy. She's also a handful. Yeah, that's and usually like, how they come. They they come packaged great and a handful. Yeah, it's crazy cuz like she'll she'll be so cute, but she'll also be like really disrespectful, but she's also still a child. So it's like you look at her and you're like, "You don't really know yet how you're supposed to be acting." Like you know, but you don't really know. You yeah. don't know what you're saying is disrespectful. So it's 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 hard to get a balance between, you know, when to be like real rigid and when to, you know, let stuff go. You know a I mean? lot of deep breaths, dude. Yeah. But I, I, I agree with you. I 
err on the side of taking a moment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then explaining clearly why that's not cool and then laying down consequences that way if there's a repeat offense you can't be like what what the hell man right what are you doing bro brother i told you i don't know i don't know i know what you think this was consistency Mm -hmm. is what you're going to get from me Mm -hmm. the joys of parenthood (laughs) man i tell you i tell you well cool well I, i i talked last week about trying to get him in the video games more you know like the game boy advance might being a gateway Mm-hmm. And so the game that was just in my Game Boy Advance, because, you know, you leave a cartridge in there so that way it doesn't get all dusty inside. Right. Was Super Gunstar Heroes, I think it's called. Or oh, the Gunstar Heroes that came out on GBA. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. So I had him playing that a little bit. And enemies just keep coming, like, infinitely if you don't do anything. Right. If you don't, like, scroll left or right. And he has a problem, like, you know, moving and jumping at the same yeah, time. Yep. Or, you know, like, doing two actions left and right. So he just sat there and shot guys for a long time. He enjoyed it, but I was like, hey, brother, you know, you can you, you can, can move. Progress. And then he starts moving but not shooting and then getting hit. I'm like, you can shoot and move. So they call it yeah. uh, they call it a run and gun because you run and you also gun. <laughs> so he kinda he's like, eh. So then I uh, was like, what about Pokemon? So I pulled out Leaf Green. Ooh. Pokemon Leaf Green. And obviously I had to sit with him. He was in my lap and I was just telling him to press A to kind of get through all the dialogue. And then I put in his name for him. And then he was walking around. And he's like, I can't get through here. And I was like, well, look at these directions. Try pressing this way. He gets all the way through to the tall grass. Oak stops him. He gets up to pick his Pokemon. He fights his first battle against Gary. He gets trounced. Oh. But he immediately revives, of course, because you're okay to lose that battle. And then before that, he names his Pokemon. And I let him name his own Pokemon. So he just kind of scrolled around the letters and picked. He named his Pokemon something like Kaflakaflop. Kaflakaflop. <laughs> it almost, like, no, it was it was Wit. He almost named it Wit Girl. I was like, please pick the R and the L. Please pick the right. R and the Earl. <laughs> I want you to name your Pokemon White Girl. But he, then he went off. He was like, Wit Girl Vapodurp. So whenever I pronounced the name of his Pokemon, he giggled. He thought that was funny. And then he proceeded to just murder all the Pidgeys and Rattatas in the area. And then with gentle prodding from me. <laughs> Would go back to his mom's house to heal up when his Pokemon got too low. He got really excited. He went upstairs. He showed mom like, mom, look, I'm a Bulbasaur. And <laughs> I, I, look, it's a Rattata again. I'm going to kill it. And, you know, and then he set it down and walked away and never spoke of it again. Wow. Well, at least we know he's not basic. He picked Bulbasaur. So. Yeah, he did pick Bulbasaur. That's yeah. true. I got Super Mario Maker 2 at Walmart on Black Friday sale for 30 bucks. Not bad. Mm-hmm. And I've been spending this week designing a level for him. We'll get more into that later when we talk about what we're playing, because obviously that's one of the things I played, but I'd like to discuss how that went. I think that's really all I got going on this week, to be honest. I mean, November lasted two days. Now it's December. Right. It's <laughs> crazy. I'm just moving through life, man. Or more accurately, life, life is, is moving, through, moving through me. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, what, what, this, what, I know uh, my stomach, life is moving through. <laughs> Jesus. That's uh, disturbingly related to something you're feeling later on, I suppose. Oh, yeah. That's that's cool. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We'll talk about it later. But there's some news that's on both of our radars and should be on a lot of people's radars because it's pretty significant. It involves WB, if you recall. Yeah. So WB announced that they are going to be streaming all of their 2021 movie releases the same day that they hit theaters. (gasps) Everything's everything's dropping on HBO Max. Not just Wonder Woman. Yeah, Wonder Woman, Tom and Jerry, 
Matrix Suicide 4, Squad, Combat, Suicide Squad. Yeah. So it's a lot of stuff, and it's, yeah. it's very exciting. I mean, was Tom and Jerry ever really coming to the theater? But I digress. I mean, I, digress. I think I think it it would I think it was going to the theater. I digress. I, I watched the trailer. I digress. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's theaters are obviously freaking out. I've heard a lot of different takes over the week. I have my own personal take. I'm sure you have yours, and I'm I'm curious mm. about it. I mean, we. I think listeners of the show kind of already know how I feel because honestly, we before even knowing all this, we discussed you know last week that theaters kind of need to go the way of arcades a little bit. Yeah. Mm. But uh, I mean, what's your what are your thoughts? Like you said, I think they're kind of going the way of the dinosaur. I mean, you've got overpriced <laughs> snacks and unclean theaters most for the most part mm-hmm. when you can just sit at home and go to your local dollar store and spend way less money and mm-hmm. also basically get a free movie because you're already paying for your subscription so yeah and if you want that movie theater popcorn subscribe to binging with babish he teaches you how to do it basically you just order flavacol from amazon moving mm-hmm. on and, <laughs> and the thing for me you know, we went to go see us together, and you were a little bit less bothered by this than I was, but I was very bothered by it. People took their kids, and people were yelling at the theater the whole time, yeah. and it was just like, it wasn't even funny. Like, sometimes you'll watch, like, a trashy horror movie, and people will yell something out that's actually really funny and enhances the experience. But then, again, that's objective. No, but some people just don't want anybody yelling anything out, and I kind of right. get that. But I'm constantly taken out of it, because the little girl's over just like, ah! <laughs> I'm right. just like, yeah. shut, shut your mouth. Shut up. This is a cinema, cinema masterpiece that we're <laughs> trying to watch here. I don't know if I would call it a masterpiece, but I was definitely very keen on getting <laughs> into it. And that was robbed from me thanks to my theater experience. So, yeah. And the, the crazy thing is that my mom and my aunt were there. <laughs> yeah. The I know. exact same showing, which was so weird. <laughs> yeah, I know. It was cool how we ran into your mom and your aunt. And. It was cool to see them and everything, and I think this was back when I hadn't met uh, uh, your family a ton. I don't know if that was it the first time I met your mom. I think uh, I it might have yeah, been. Yeah, it might have been the first time. Though. Okay, okay, but yeah, I remember them mentioning something and me getting really excited and animated. You know how I get, yeah. and I was just like, "Ooh!" and blah 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 and blah 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 blah, and uh-huh. I was just like spewing word salad at her. And then she looked at you and she's like, "Is there a way to turn him off?" Yeah. <laughs> And I was like, that's not the first boomer that's uttered that sentence about me. Oh, I, uh, shit. <laughs> yeah. I, I scare them with my my quick speech. Right. <laughs> so I'm like. Too fast. Too much. Too fast. Much, too fast. Much fast. That's much, hilarious. Much fast. Slow down. So. Yeah. No I, uh, filter either on the boomers. No filter. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. I just looked, at, looked directly at you and I was like, hey, can you. um. Get him the fuck out of here. (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck are you doing here with this guy? (laughs) Who's this asshole? (laughs) He's not Vicky. What are you doing? (laughs) But no, I think think your mom and I get on now. We had a lot of conversations during third birthday party when we went out to the play place. Yeah. That was a good time, actually. I really enjoyed that. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's cool. That's cool. Hopefully we can do something like that next year once all this blows over. Yeah. I heard a take, and I don't know if I completely 100% trust it. Somebody was saying, you know, this might be a good thing because the theater will still be there and they'll be showing the films. And, you know, later on when all this blows over, more people will go to the theater. But those folks who disrespect the theater experience, they're on their phones, they're talking loudly to their friend, they're paying half attention. They don't really care about that, but they're, that's the only place they can see the movie. They're probably just going to stay home and watch it on streaming. And the people that actually appreciate the cinema experience will go and watch it in a theater. 
I don't know if I particularly agree with that, but I mean, considering how much money you have to pay to see it in a theater, like you would think that that alone would make people respect it more, but they don't. Right. But the choice to pay that money to see it in a theater versus just watching it at home where you act like you're at home anyways, maybe they're right. I don't know. I mean, what do you think about that take? I mean, it, it, it would be a case by case basis. It just depends on the person. If somebody really, really wants to just be in front of a giant screen, which mm. I mean, who doesn't? Yeah. Then that's not mutually exclusive go. to being an asshole. Yeah. Right. Exactly. That's that's kind of my take too. I think it's a little hopeful. I mean, maybe it might reduce the amount that that occurs, but I don't know if it'll completely eliminate it, if but at yeah. all. Yeah. So. People people are always hyped to save some money, so we'll see. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, I don't know if the theater's for me anymore. You know. Yeah. I mean, we said the same thing about arcades, and this is coming from somebody. I mean, obviously, I love video games. Is is this contested? I started a video game podcast. I mean, you know, give me some credit. I don't here. know. I don't. I don't believe you. I don't believe you. <laughs> <laughs> but coming from somebody who loves video games and grew up with arcades, not exactly in their. I would say the hay was more seventies and eighties, mm-hmm. but I think they really. I mean, late eighties to nineties, they were in there. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And in some parts of the world, like even in Japan, arcades are still doing really well. But even there, they're shutting down because of coronavirus, right? Right. And people in the beginning were like, so I like playing home consoles, but there's nothing like playing with other people and being side by side and having that tactile feel and that arcade experience. And then when the online came around, like, oh, it's cool to play online with my friends, but there's nothing like seeing each other in person and at the arcade. And and the the bridge became narrower and narrower. And now it's just like... You go to Dave and Buster's and play like the niche, larger arcade games that you couldn't get. Like you sit in the driver's seat, whatever, which is still cool. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. But you don't crave and run to that. And it's still there if you want it. It's just not as prevalent. Right. Right. I kind of do miss the days where you'd go into a tiny pizza shop and play like tabletop version of Pac-Man. But the places like that actually do still exist. Yeah. You know, your local shops or whatever, if you actually hop in. Pizza Hut probably has like NBA hang time or like a Neo Geo machine. Yeah, your you laundromat know? might have something. And then you have those bars that are popping up. Like we got one oh, yeah, here yeah. in Indy called Tappers. You got a 16 bit bar in Columbus where you just buy a drink and you can play all their arcade games unlimited, but they charge for pinball machines for some reason. I don't know. Yeah, that's, that's weird. It is weird. But, and, and they have events and stuff. And I like going out to hang out, but even having access to that, I don't go as often as I thought I would. Right. You know, and I think the same thing is going to happen to theaters. I think people are going to go, you know, well, they're complaining right now, obviously, and it's all doom and gloom. But you'd be surprised after a year what you can get used to. And again, technology and the affordability of technology is rapidly closing the gap to where you can have your own home theater set up to be just as good. I mean, obviously, the screen won't be as huge. But once your TV gets big enough, does it really matter? Yeah. There's a certain point where upscaling it is not really that big a deal. And they right. say, oh, no, what about that Christopher Nolan movie that just came out? You know, you've got to see it in the theater. Says who? Christopher Nolan. I wonder why he says that. Like, <laughs> I don't right. know. Yeah. So we'll see. The uh, most unique movie-going experience that I've had was we went to see Hobbs and Shaw on our anniversary. And we were in another state. I forget where we went. Mm-hmm. But it was like a the 4D type movie experience oh, okay. where the seat moves around and you feel the vibrations and you get water sprayed on you if they drive through a puddle. That's cool. And yeah, but it was very tiring. <laughs> I was like, this is, I'm going to throw up, man. 
<laughs> I remember I really old. <laughs> yeah, no, I remember having those types of experiences at like theme parks and stuff. Like, I mean, it was shorter, obviously, but you would get in like a ride. Everybody wanted to go into it because it was hot outside. You get to Kings Island and you go inside and sit in the seat and move around and stuff while you're watching the film or whatever. Yeah. 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 It's crazy, man. That thing was shaking us all around. Yeah. But you wouldn't want to see every single new movie coming out looking like, you know, like like that. Right. So yeah. you imagine Lord of the Rings, three hours of it, Oof. just blow, blasting heat in your face when you get to Mountain Doom and like right. the smell of sulfur. Like, who farted? Right. Oh, we have Mountain Doom. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> the very air you breathe is a poisonous fume. Mm. You're like, Y'all ain't really going to release poison, are you? Please don't do that. <laughs> right. i want my money back yeah so overall i think it's a good thing i don't know listeners if you agree disagree let us know you know i will read emails on the show we don't get a ton of them occasionally we'll get on the anonymous ones and i'll kind of add that feedback in but we haven't gotten a ton so far so if you feel like you're not going to get through chances are you probably will we're still a baby podcast we'd like to hear from you that's mcpaperstacks at gmail.com. And you got a few other things news-wise. I'm always excited to hear your pickup stories. You got one of those this week? Yeah. So uh, actually just earlier today, picked up some PS3 Wii and PS2 stuff from somebody on this uh, site. They actually tagged me in their Facebook post. And it's one of those groups where you have to comment, you know, interested first or whatever. Okay. And then they go down the line. Mm. And she actually tagged me in her post. So I was like, sweet. She's like, I know you buy games. Yeah, and I got on there. I got on, yeah, I got on there real quick. I said, it's it. <laughs> I ended up grabbing a Metal Gear Solid HD collection. Okay. Red Dead Redemption Game of the Year edition. Okay. Splinter Cell trilogy. Ico on the Shadow of Colossus collection. Good. Tomb Raider trilogy. Nice. Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess for the Wii. Mario Party 8. And Soul Reaver 2 on the mm. PS2. Mm. So yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty good. Delicious. Yes, so good. And I never got into the Soul Reaver games. I always played Legacy of Kane Soul Reaver One mm. on the PS One, the demo, and I never knew how to really play it. Do you have a PC that's capable of playing like PS Two era games? Probably not. Okay. Can oh, Mac, probably not. Can a oh. MacBook Air do that? I don't know. Google it. Probably. Maybe. I mean, I think they're powerful enough. They're about as powerful as phones, and phones can pretty much do that nowadays. <laughs> Watch somebody's listening like powerful as phones, you son of a bitch. They're way oh, yes. more powerful than phones. Yeah, speaking of phones, we actually we got our new phones. Well, Vicky got her new phone. Oh. She got the iPhone twelve. Oh, cool. Yeah. How how's uh how's that working out? She likes it. She likes it. She loves it. She loves it. She wants some more of it. Yeah. <laughs> she loves it. She loves it. She wants it. <laughs> Give me more iPhone, please. Mm. <laughs> and that's the one that doesn't come with the uh charging <laughs> the charging block. Those motherfuckers. This is why I'm, I, I don't it's like Apple. It's crazy. I How really you don't. got a thousand dollar phone and doesn't come with a charger? Bro. I, I said, mm. let me get my Note 20 and get on out of here. Right? No. Nope. Yeah. No, I hear you. Okay. Well, cool. Glad you guys got new phones. Hope you enjoy them. I'm going to hang on to mine for a while. Used to rely on upgrading it for pictures and stuff, but this phone is pretty solid. And the only thing, the only grievance I had with the previous Note was the fact that you couldn't add external memory, but that's been fixed with the, what do I have, the 7 or something? Oh, okay. I don't know, but works for me. So I'm going to ride this bitch till the wheels fall off. It's already got cracked screen in the corner because I dropped it in just the right way mm-hmm. with the case on. So I must have dropped it harder than a bitch, man. Let me tell you. Yeah, yeah this G6, the wheels, bin fell off. <laughs> bin fell off. 
But hold on, we got we got off on a tangent again. Uh, before you talked about your new phones, what was I saying? Uh, you were talking about uh, do I have oh, a PC? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So there are Legacy of Kane collections that are like crazy cheap, where you can pretty much get all the games. So that's one avenue. You might like look it up on GOG. They're always giving out free stuff, anyways. I think right now they're giving out like a special edition or enhanced edition of Witcher 1 for free right now. Sweet. Yeah, so I mean, it might be time to start PC gaming a little bit. and Because I have the Legacy of Kane collection on my computer, but I also have pretty much on the hacked PlayStation Classic, I got all the PS1 Kane games and, and mm-hmm. you know, Soul Reaver. And then I have, I think I pretty much have all the PS2 versions of those games, the sequels. So that's another avenue for you. You can bust out your Classic and play a few. The original, like the very, very first one, is kind of rough. Yeah. It's a little rough. It's a little it's a little baby's first PC Western RPG and yeah, it's uh, like, shows. It's like a top-down type yeah. of Yeah, it's rough, yeah. buddy. But I remember playing, like, you know, Soul Reaver and it being, like, a really decent kind of cool platformer and really enjoying it on PS1. So maybe start there. I don't know. Maybe yeah. just... Maybe just read the wiki story for the first one. Right. <laughs> Blood Omen, I think it's called. I can't remember what the first one was called. Yeah, I think it's Blood o- just Blood Omen. Could be. Or Legacy yeah. of Cain, Blood Omen. Yeah, yeah. Something like that. So, but yeah, cool, 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 cool. So what else, what else you got going on this week for current events? Some, you said, mentioned something about eBay. I remember that. Yeah, so I'm just going to get on my soapbox for a second about some eBay customers do not listen. Mm-hmm. And when I say this, so here's the... Here's the gist of it. Give me the tea. Yeah, I'm giving you all the tea, baby. Give me the tea. So (laughs) I had a customer order a game for me. Mm -hmm. I printed the label. I sent it to the post office, and they shipped it out. And something happened with the post office system where it wasn't updating correctly. Mm. And so the person contacted me and said, hey, you know, I haven't gotten my game yet. It says that it hasn't left. What's going on? It has been shipped, yeah. 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 And I, I said to them, I said, well, I just went to the post office and they said that they were having an issue with their system updates because it showed that it had been processed through a USPS facility. Mm-hmm. But then after that, it said they were awaiting the shipment, which mm-hmm. it should be the first thing on the tracking. Right. So this person just I was telling them this is on USPS. You know, it says it's running late. It will get to you. It's just running late. And they're like, I want a refund. I was like, well, I mean, it's still on its way to you. It's just running late. And then they just got into like all this. It's clear that my uh, item is lost or that you never sent it out in the first place. And I'm going to leave you a bad review and hopefully warn other people. And I'm, and I'm, wow, that's terrible, man. And, and I'm just like, no, I requested to have the feedback removed because that's ridiculous. It has nothing to do with me, everything to do with USPS. Right. But this is one of those things where sometimes people on the internet just don't listen. They don't yeah. listen. All you can, all I can do is be professional and courteous. And is there any documentation you think you could get from USPS to assist you if that happens again? Because that sounds like it's completely out of your control. But maybe they could help. Oh yeah, there's. Well, actually, when I'm not I sure went, if it would have helped in this case. It sounds like he was just gung ho. Maybe he just had buyer's remorse and he was using this as a situation or a scenario to get out of it. You know, maybe. And I even told him, look, you can buy a different one from somebody else and return the one that I sent you Mm -hmm. and I'll refund you then. But when it comes to situations like this, usually the customer will contact eBay. And Mm -hmm. since it's neither my fault nor the customer's fault, they will refund the customer on their end Mm -hmm. and they won't take any money from me. Right. That person still might end up getting their item anyway, because it's already been shipped. 
Right. And I explained that to them and they were just, they just gung ho about not giving me any type of benefit of the doubt, which is crazy because yeah. I have like almost 1700 feedback, all positive. Yeah, man. And I need to get on there and, and rate you because I don't think I've ever had you deliver anything to me via eBay, but obviously you've sold me a lot of stuff over the years. So if I can do something like that to help you out, I, I can't believe I haven't actually already done it, but I think yeah. it's just because I haven't ordered anything officially. Right. It has to be ordered officially. So. Yeah. I, yeah. Maybe I can't leave feedback until I do. Yeah. Right. But it's, it's, Ship it's me wild. that Bowser. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's wild, man. I, that, that's man. how it goes too. You know, you put yourself out there, you're going to be dealing with all different types of folks and some just can't be pleased, man. Yeah. And, it was and I think, like, it was I think like people a, understand that. Yeah. It was like a $20 purchase. I was like, I'm not, I don't have all this good feedback just to try and scam you over $20. That doesn't, yeah, that doesn't track at all. So, no, no, know. it doesn't. No, it obviously they weren't operating within the right mind. Like I said, I don't know if they were operating in bad faith. Like they just had buyer's remorse and then they weren't trying to listen to any of your solutions or if they just were legitimately confused and man sucks to be them. Can you imagine that kind of life where you just can't comprehend right. <laughs> like solutions being put in front of you? Like, here's yeah. your options. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> you should How give you... me my money back. <laughs> like, where do you work? How does that work out? I don't know. That sucks, man. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's all good. I uh, requested to have the feedback removed, so mm. we'll see. Have you ever had to have feedback removed before? Oh, yeah. Okay. Only, only like one or two other times. Okay. And they were pretty cool about it? Yeah. I mean, I guess they review it by case by case, and you do have a right. pretty good rep. So, right. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. Well, let's go ahead and launch into what we're playing. You had mentioned, was it before we restarted recording, or is it during the recording you were talking about? I know last week you said you had you had finished Trails of Cold Steel. Well, last week I was about to finish it. Oh, this week I okay. have finished it. Okay, so you have your final notes on it. All right, let's yes. hear it. Oh, uh, it, it so good. It was so good. I cried. And not wow. tears of like sadness, but like uh, just, just a satisfying conclusion, huh? Yeah, it was pretty it was pretty satisfying. Like it's crazy how uh Nihon Falcon can just like the graphics aren't great. Mm-hmm. Like the graphics are just kind of cookie cutter JRPG, but they yeah. take what they didn't put in the graphics and they put it into developing the characters and the story Good. and the combat. And it just, mm-hmm. it all fleshes out. And over the course of four games, it all just coalesces and it's so good. But yeah, I, I loved it. Unfortunately, there is a sequel to it, <laughs> mm-hmm. which uses characters from Trails of Cold Steel and the Trails to Azure slash Trails to Zero games. And it is not getting a Western release, I don't believe. So I'm just mm. going to maybe miss out on that one. It's like sounds like you need to join the online petition with 460 other people and ask to bring it over. <laughs> 460 other people. <laughs> yeah, man. Right. I'm like, I'm like part of a Suikoden group. And they, you know, to give them credit, they're like, bring it. Just do it. HD. And I'm like, yeah, I know it's not going to happen. I'm like, do it. <laughs> right. Do I support it. For, it. for me. For yeah. us. For us. My huge group of 30 yeah. people. And it's like, I get it. Because yeah. it's not a hugely popular series over here. And localization is, is an effort. Yeah. Yeah. I buy it. And I buy it new, too. When they come out, I buy them new. These are, that's one thing that I usually don't do with JRPGs is buy them used. I usually buy them new because I want to support those developers, especially because I know mm-hmm. it's hard to get stuff localized. Yeah. But, you know, 
Yeah, no, I'm going to get probably Persona 5 Scramble on day one. Oh, yeah, me too. That's coming up here in the news. We're going to talk about that for a bit. But yeah, no. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm glad to hear it. Let me ask you a question that kind of comes up. Go on another tangent here. Video games that made you emotional at the end. Aside from this game, what was the most recent game that made you shed a tear? Or like when you finished it, you're like, oh, like either because it was sad or because it just hit you. Hmm. Probably have to say The Last of Us. Yeah? Yeah. You know, I didn't cry with The Last of Us, but it did affect me very emotionally. Definitely. Just they kept setting the characters up with the possibility of a better life and then ripping it away from them. Mm. That whole sequence where Ellie had her family with Dina and Little Potato. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was the baby's actual name? Do you remember? Me. I don't we'll know. He was Jesse Jr. Jesse Jr. He was adorable, by the way. Right. Uh, Fake but yeah. Baby. Oh, little baby. But yeah, it just that was rough. Spider-Man, when I finished that, I don't want to ruin it for those who haven't finished it yet, but there was a very emotional thing that happened with Peter Parker at the end. And that scene when he's spending that moment with a loved one at the very end, you know what I'm talking about? You're talking about uh, the first one? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. I Ben was in my lap, and, and I remember him looking at me like, Spider-Man is sad. And I was like, just openly weeping, and I was like, Daddy's sad, too. Right. Peter! <laughs> 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 but you know what miles morales actually there's a post game mission that is also extremely emotional mm -hmm. and it especially hit me as a father so i won't say anymore i don't want to ruin it for you but when you go through that particular mission you're like wow you know what i mean and i was on stream too so i was trying to hold it together i was like no i'm not gonna do it no nope. yeah can't I can, yeah i can't wait to play it but Going off on something else here, mm -hmm. as far as the PS5 is concerned, I actually can wait. Yeah? I've decided that I can wait on it. You've become zen with it. Good. Yeah, it's simply because there are so many games that I still have yet to play on the PS4 mm -hmm. and that are coming out, like Persona 5 Scramble is going to be coming out in February. Not and only that, Derek, but a lot of these upscales, like the Doom upscale and the Cyberpunk upscale, those aren't releasing or haven't released yet, and Cyberpunk's not going to release on day one. The upscale is going to be later on. Right. All that stuff. So waiting would actually allow you to play the upscaled versions without having to... Like, I'm still going to play Cyberpunk next week without the upscale, because I don't care. Right. I'm really looking forward to that. But yeah, I mean, waiting would actually benefit you, because you'll get to play the best version of a lot of these different games that mm -hmm. may not be released yet. So Yeah, yeah. so Trails of Cold Steel, I beat that. That is in the books, mm -hmm. and I'm so sad to see it go, but... I decided to play another Falcom game oh. called Tokyo Xanadu EX Plus. Tokyo Xanadu EX what do you, Plus. What do you think? What? Do you, how about your forays into the Eclipse? <laughs> um, it is very repetitive. Yeah, I mean the the dungeon crawling reminds me more of like Persona Three or Persona Four. I mean, yeah, well, actually, exactly. more Persona Three because Persona yeah. Three was completely procedurally generated. Mm -hmm. So Persona One through Three, I guess. I still dig. I, I, how far are you in that game? I'm about 10 hours in. Okay. Have you gotten to the point where you've done like the side, like you got to the arcade and all those mini games and the skateboard mini game and like unlocked more um, characters? I've unlocked two extra characters so far. Okay. So it does open up more and it's, the, I like the social aspect, but I mean, you're playing it right now. Let me hear what you think. I mean, overall, other than the fact that like the dungeons are a little repetitive. Yeah. So it's, it's basically like playing Trails of Cold Steel, honestly. Okay. Because they Falcom has this 
they have a certain style. They have a formula. And, and, yeah, and a way of storytelling that they mm-hmm. kind of put across all their games. That's East. That's Trails. That's this Tokyo Xanadu. Mm-hmm. And overall, man, I, I, I enjoy the gameplay loop. The school aspect is a little bit dry and empty, but... Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, you, I'm only playing through the school part to get to the dungeons. Mm-hmm. And even though the dungeons are repetitive, the combat is fun. Mm-hmm. And it's it's fun to get better at it. Because I, when I first started, I was pressing the wrong buttons and doing the wrong thing. Especially when you get an extra character, you have to press L2 to switch out the support character and triangle to switch out the regular character. There's just... a little bit of a learning curve to make it smooth. I agree with you there. But once it is smooth, it feels really good. Yeah. And so, I mean, I'm really enjoying it, man. I'm going to play it all the way through. And when I first started it, I didn't know that it was only in Japanese. Yeah. So I had to read it. And I thought to myself, I don't want to play through this game. It's Japanese only. And then I was like, well, you watch subbed anime. You play Yakuza. You've played five of the Yakuza games, and they're all in Japanese. So I think you can play through this game. Yeah. When you reached out to me and you're like, Tokyo Zandu is Japanese only. And I was like, yeah, is that an issue? And I was thinking, you're the anime guy. Right. You're How the are nerd. You? Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's just, like you said, you play Yakuza. I didn't expect that from you, because that's one of the reasons why I can't really get into Yakuza. I mean, I'm not one of those people like, what? It's subtitled? I hate reading. I like subs when it's live action, because I can see the characters emote, and I can hear the emotion in their voice, and it and it matches, right? Right, right. But since I don't speak Japanese, and a lot of the animations, especially like you said on Falcom game, where it's a little bit more basic... I have to understand the emotion or the weight of the scene through the acting of the voice acting alone. And right. I can't. So that already removes me one degree away from being invested in the story. You know, I mean, if, if it was just like top tier, top notch animating, which, you know, even Yakuza games, they, they can kind of get close. They're a little bit funny and, and wacky. I think that's the reason why they're more popular. Yeah. But yeah, I'm, I'm dub all the way when it comes to animation. I can't do it. Um, yeah. And I, I know that's a it's a cardinal sin for some anime lovers out there, but it is what it is, man. Yeah, and sometimes it's hard to stay awake sometimes when you're trying to play the game, mm-hmm. and you just got to read and keep on reading and reading and reading and reading. It taxes a different part of your brain that you're trying to, you know. We, I talked about it before earlier in the week, you know, with streaming, how it takes up some of the bandwidth and then makes yeah. you kind of dumbs you down in other areas. I'll talk about that in a bit with the games I've been playing. But <laughs> yeah, the same thing with the the reading and, and trying to make sure that you're keeping up on things. You know, or like a Warriors game. When a Warriors game doesn't localize, f- fuck right off, man. Yeah, like because they're saying stuff in the, like the bottom left-hand corner and you have to look over and read it and that takes you away from the action. It's actually an issue with uh, Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity because... Not because they it's Japanese only, because they'll put text at the bottom of the screen and they won't voice act it at all. Ugh. Yeah, so I have to like... <laughs> what keep year an, is it? <laughs> I know, and I'll have to keep an eye on the bottom of the screen to make sure that I'm not missing anything important or pertinent. But again, if I'm doing that while streaming, bandwidth. Right. So I feel you there. Well, I'm glad you're enjoying it. You may end up finishing it before I do, because I've been playing a kind of off and on. Like you said, it can get repetitive. It grabs my attention, and then it loses my attention, then it grabs my attention, and... I don't know. I'll probably eventually finish it someday. All right. Well, let me rattle through the games I've been playing this week real quick. So I rolled credits, as you know, from last week on Miles. I finished it 100%. I platinumed it. I am completely 100% completed with Miles Morales. And I enjoyed myself a lot. 
post-game content is really cool. Like I said, there's a really emotional side story, and there's one about Bodega Cat. Oh, yeah. Which I put up a, a photo of one of his animations. He'll join in on the finisher animation sometimes, and that's hilarious. And the whole time, Bodega Cat, like you're swinging around, you can hear him go, meow. <laughs> and then he pops out of the bag and starts batting at the air and stuff while you're swinging. It's the cutest. Like, I loved it so much. Like, I had the hugest grin on my face the whole time. It's one of my favorite costumes in that game, for sure. That and the Daft Punk-esque futuristic Miles Morales outfit, where he's wearing, like, the screen and, the, and his eyes are, like, LCD. That's really cool. Dope. It looks so amazing at night, too. Oh, my God. Miles Morales has smoother animations for the swinging and the fighting, and the swinging does feel better. Like, I'm going back and forth between Miles and Spider-Man Remastered. There's some definite improvements in the slickness of the animations and how they incorporate with different environmental situations. So there's less of you accidentally slamming into the side of a building, which Spider-Man originally was already pretty good with. PS4 Spider-Man was. Yeah. And they just they kind of refined it. it. But you can definitely feel the difference when you swing back and forth between the two games. See what I did there? Yeah. That's a pun. Ooh, That's a spider pun, baby. Oh. All right. <laughs> <laughs> You yeah, know what and, puns do to me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know they get you all hot and bothered inside, baby. Uh. So, <laughs> so we were talking about before you had mentioned the zero loading between the interiors. Now, yeah. Miles Morales doesn't have interiors like I wanted where, I mean, aside from Teo's bodega where you just kind of walk in and walk out. You know what I mean? Right. It, it definitely models a little bit more of Harlem to customize it for Miles. It does feel like a different New York effect. I actually had Harlem kind of memorized by the end of the game. Just by sight. Like, I was like, oh, I'm in my neighborhood. My house is right over here. I didn't have to look at the map or anything, which yeah. is cool. The fact that they had made that borough of New York so unique looking that I can make my way around by sight is impressive. Cool. But what it does do is it completely removes the loading when you go indoors. So, like, for an underground base. And I played Spider-Man Remastered, same thing. When you go into those, like, those demon bases or whatever, and they're inside, like, an interior. You're instantly transported. Yeah. So it is smooth. I'm more looking forward to the day when we get, and I, I know it's going to take a lot of manpower, but once it's built, it's built. You know what I mean? Like, it, especially through subsequent sequels, I want to see a more alive city where you can go into a lot of different interiors. You know what I mean? And, right. and there's interactables and things. I think that you're going to want to, you know, to get more bang out of your buck, you're going to want to make it worthwhile to go into the interiors. Maybe you find collectibles, maybe you interact with people, maybe you get missions there. I don't know. And again, maybe it's a lot of extra work for nothing, but for me, it sells things. That and destructibility. You know, we yeah. already looked at some really impressive destructibility tech with Red Faction Gorilla back on the 360. Mm -hmm. I want to see interest in that come back. You know, that battlefield style Every building is combustible and it breaks down in a realistic way. You know what I mean? Right. So maybe that now we have this graphical power, we can see that next gen truly shine with that type of thing. So Yeah. Can't wait. Yep. Yep. Aside from playing the Spider-Mans, still playing Hades. I know I said last week that I was pretty much done with everything. I am, but the game calls me because it's fun. And there's one faded list item that I haven't finished. Just one. And I'm supposed to catch... 25 fish including a legendary or rare fish i guess and then talk to poseidon and i can't i oh. fished i've played that game over 100 hours and you couldn't fish the whole time like you have to like get a requisition to get a fishing pole or whatever mm -hmm. and the fish pop up rarely like sometimes you'll go through a run and you may see one to two to maybe even none fishing points depending on how soon you die 
And then another run, you might see five or six, right? right? And of course, you have to actually catch the fish. And I just recently learned, because I was looking it up, like, what am I doing wrong? In order to get a better chance at getting a rare fish, you have to press the button when the fish bites within like a third of a second. Oh. And so I already have an itchy trigger finger, right? So I'm like, I don't want to press it on the wrong thing, which I do. I've done a couple of times. But now I have to press it like super quick when it comes up if I want to even have a chance, like a 5% extra chance or whatever to mm. get a rare fish. And I'm like, this is dumb. So that's the one mechanic in Hades I don't like. But for a game packed with as much good stuff as it is, it's forgivable, you know? Yeah, yeah fishing is oh. usually a very side objective anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm playing on Switch, so I don't have to worry about, like, a trophy keeping me from a platinum. That would nag me. If I was playing this on PS4 and, yeah. and I had to do that for a trophy, I'd be like, no! <laughs> <laughs> but it's on Switch, so it's always easier for me to kind of play the amount of game I want to play and not feel compelled, you know, as much. Because as much as I hate to admit it, I'm I'm a sucker for trophies and achievements. Speaking of which, Astro's Playroom, Platinum that. <laughs> oh. It's good. I know I played a little bit of it and I talked about it before. It's not a huge game. It's a free pack-in game. It probably, I would say, I mean, I played it a total of six hours, I want to say. It's not bad for free. No, and it's it's and it's and six hours of like wall-to-wall solid fun. Like I had fun from start to finish. The only thing that was a little frustrating, but it was still kind of fun because it was like a challenge to me is there's an add-on with an extra trophy to do a speed run of certain sections of the game in under seven minutes. What they do is they take the four different kind of transformations you can make as the robot, and they make custom levels that you have to get through as fast as you can. And then they do like four runs through a level. And again, they're custom, so it's not like what you play in the regular game, but it's modeled around the world you go to. Yeah. And there's eight of them and you have to finish them in seven minutes. So you're looking at trying to do sub minute for most of them if you can. And I did, but especially for the runs where I had to like dodge, because it's a one hit kill game. So yeah. I had to like dodge things. I had to keep restarting a bit, but it, it took me maybe about, I don't know, like 30 minutes to do it. But I finally got like a sub seven minute run. And I was, I felt so accomplished. I was like, yes. <laughs> so anybody that gets a PlayStation five, don't sleep on Astro's playroom actually really good platforming feels smooth i mean it feels like a nintendo platformer it makes you feel like mario it makes you feel like you're <laughs> mario said the 100th person that right reviewed a fucking superhero game anyways <laughs> it gives you but, all the exaggerated swagger of a black team <laughs> it gives you all the exaggerated swagger of an overweight middle-aged plumber so <laughs> But no, the platforming is solid. Like, and that's the highest praise I could give it. Is that it feels like Nintendo designed it. So sweet, and it's a cool trip down memory lane for PlayStation owners. Like, you get all these cool different items from the different areas of PlayStation. It goes from one up through four, and then there's a secret final level that obviously features the PlayStation Five and like a really tough secret boss fight at the end. It's a callback to the very first tech demo for the PS One. It's awesome, actually. Cool. Really cool. Can't wait to play it. Yeah, no, it's exciting. Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity. Age of Calamity has great pacing with its main content and its side content. What I really like about Age of Calamity is unlike the original Hyrule Warriors where you go through the main story and then, you, then you're just inundated with all these adventure maps and it's kind of a slog to get through. It opens up a handful or a smattering of side missions each time you complete a main mission. And they're short and sweet. Like you usually complete them in five minutes or less. Mm -hmm. and they just augment the main story right 
And all the characters so far, and I think it's because they're not going to have as many as like the original Higher Warriors, they all play so radically different. And I heard from somebody who put about 50 hours in that so far they've seen around 16 characters, which is more than I expected. And if they have an inkling, they're probably going to unlock a few more. So right now, all I have is the champions, Zelda, Link, and Impa. And then Link has two, like three different weapons he can use. So that's like three different characters almost. Okay, cool. But uh, yeah, I'm thinking Hestu, the guy with the maracas, that would be cool to play as. Maybe King Dorfin, that giant, um, what were the fish people called? Uh, I'm not big on Zelda lore, so I have yeah. no idea. It's not a Zora, I don't think. But anyways, the giant fish person, I don't know, I can't remember what they're called. I'm thinking, who else could be a playable character? I'm, I was always thinking the villains, right? Because right. in the original Hyrule Warriors, it goes, and then you like you start playing as like Ganon, and you're like, oh, mm-hmm. I'm going to play as the bad guy. It's like, you play up the main story as the good guys, and then there's a mission where the good guys get bodied, and then you switch to the bad guy and, and see how he's building up his army, and then you switch back to the good guys again, which I thought was really cool, actually, that they incorporated cool. bad guys in the story. So I want to see that again. What's so, yeah. Going to be playing that again on Monday. I've been holding off on advancing the story off stream so that way I can be more surprised about what happens. So I'm really excited to get back to it and might even put in more than the usual hour because I just want to unlock more of the game. The main missions take about a half hour each. So I've been able to get through two main missions per stream so far. So no, let's see. Resident Evil 7 played episode three for Friday Night Frights this week did the Lucas areas, which is more like the saw type challenges. He's like, can you get through here without getting killed and solve my puzzles? And, uh, <laughs> I, I cannot. <laughs> actually, I had a problem with it. I solved the puzzle when I first played through the game. And again, bandwidth, my brain was just like, what do I do next? I did the unthinkable on stream. I looked up the next step of a puzzle I was working on because I just oh, couldn't man. solve it on my own. I know it felt gross, but to Thanks my credit, yeah, after I got past <laughs> that part, I was able to kill a boss pretty quickly and easily, and I was able to disarm all of his booby traps that I was going through the warehouse in without getting hit by a single one. That made me feel better. So I feel like I may have redeemed myself just a little bit with Good the job. skillful shoot the explosive tripwire gameplay. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm probably going to play some more of that next week. I'm not tired of it yet. It's a good game. It really is. It's solid. So, yeah, Bloodstained. I'm scaled. I'm scaled. Bloodstained Ritual of the Night. I got that when it first launched on Switch. It was a bad port, but I still beat it twice because it's that good of a game. They finally put it on sale for cheap enough on PSN where I went ahead and bought it for PlayStation 4. So, I've been playing through Bloodstained again. It doesn't look as much better as I thought it would. Then the Switch version, there are definitely some areas where you can tell the graphics are updated, but the graphics weren't that great to begin with, to be honest. Right. Like, I, I hate to say it because I love that game. But the input lag, the response time, that is tight. And that's important for a game like that. Yeah. So it is a lot better to control in that regard, and I appreciate that. So I'll be playing that casually, off and on, here and there, having fun with it. It's just my type of game. I love Egovanius. I really do. I beat the one on Game Boy Advance, Aria of Sorrow, and I beat the one on DS, Dawn of Sorrow. You know, I really had a lot of fun with those games. Probably going to beat this again, too, and have just as much fun with it. But since it's on the PS4, of course, I'll be aiming to get that uh, that platinum. Yeah, platinum, baby. Delicious. Toasty. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, good times. 
this week the mainstream has been Doom Eternal, and I started it on Tuesday, and it is really hard, mm-hmm. uh, which you told me about. I noticed I wasn't playing as good as I was on stream as I have been off stream, because I did play it already like about four hours through, and I was able to beat the extra challenge levels my first, not my first time through, but my first time through that level, like I would try a couple times and get it. Mm-hmm. And this time, I'm just getting my ass kicked. Now, not to where I can't really proceed, but episode two in particular, I probably could have got a lot further if I hadn't died so much. Yeah. So I've done the three episodes so far. Or wait, no, no, I haven't. I think the third episode I'm actually doing tonight. So it'll be out by the time the, the recording releases. But uh, yeah, the other unanticipated rough thing about it is, and this is the, this is the part where I, I have a gap in understanding about streaming. I'm playing it on my PlayStation 5, but when I try to record and stream at the same time with my usual overlays and everything, the game looks like a slideshow. (laughs) Like the recording is not as bad, but it's still bad. But I was looking at the stream and it would just freeze a bunch. It would, the bit rate was all over the place. It was buffering. PowerPoint. It was was bad. Yeah. And I looked it up online, try to see if I can fix it between episode one and episode two. And I saw a lot of people were having the same issues, even even when they were playing it on their PC. I had to switch my OBS settings to like simple and try to do as latent less as I could with the capture. I had to stop doing a local recording so I didn't take up the CPU with that. And I had to remove my overlays. And then it finally ran at something acceptable. It didn't look 100% crystal beautiful clear, but it didn't look terrible either. And the fact that you can see every single second of gameplay rather than like every five seconds... That kind of made all the difference. (laughs) So Doom has been uh, kicking my ass more ways than one. It's been really challenging me as far as streaming it and kind of regretting not streaming Astro's Playroom instead. Whoops. Yeah. Doom is not a game I'm going to be finishing because Cyberpunk is coming out this Thursday, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll be playing that day one. So I'll be setting Doom aside. I may come back to it later on. So stay tuned for that. Maybe it's tough. Yeah. (laughs) I might just play it casually because I'm better at it casually. So, but we'll see. The last thing I played this week, I had mentioned a little bit earlier, Super Mario Maker 2. Yeah. It's got a story mode that's actually pretty good. It's Nintendo taking a crack at making levels with its own tools and then kind of, you know, low key giving you ideas about how to use those tools. Right. It has a pretty robust FAQ system that I've pretty much watched all the videos for to kind of get tips about building levels. I'm halfway through building a level for Ben that I think that he would enjoy. That's not going to, you know, be something he's going to die at over and over. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm trying to put fun things in there. Like he'll start sliding down a hill and getting coins. There's a mushroom that can't escape because it's like dug in a trench. You know what I mean? So you can't like worry about it running off screen. There's a bunch of, right. There's a bunch of sound effects where he hits blocks and stuff and it makes funny noises and then like enemies will pop out of the blocks but they're stuck they can't like get down to get him so it's like a zoo almost <laughs> and i'm gonna do the i'm gonna do a sub level with water same thing with like cheap cheeps because he really like really likes cheap cheeps and <laughs> it's gonna be finishable you know so i'm hoping that he'll really enjoy it and and i'm um, putting him some platforming elements and stuff like some jumps so he can get used to like jumping different heights and hopefully like low-key train him how to play mario right Especially since it's one of his favorite games to like talk about and watch and pretend to play and stuff. All of, a lot of his toys are Mario right now, so yeah. cool. I'll uh, I'll keep you updated on how that goes. But I'm trying. I'm, I know he really likes video games, but he gets frustrated when he doesn't do them so well. So 
trying to make something that's a little bit more his speed so that way he can learn the ropes without getting super frustrated with it so we'll see how that goes i think it's a good idea to go ahead and get to gaming news we were yeah, already yeah. at an hour man oh wow yeah this is gonna be a long episode take one from call like i don't see it all right let's do it quick bit quick bits news i'll give you some quick bits okay so a sealed copy of mario brothers 3 sold at an auction for one hundred and fifty six thousand dollars Woo! Which would make it would make it the Baby. most <laughs> would make it the most expensive game of all time. <laughs> wow! Yeah, that's wild, man. Yeah, crazy. Age of Calamity, Hyrule Warriors, highest selling Warriors game of all time. Three weeks into its release, what highest selling Warriors game of all time? That's like twenty something years of Warriors games. I know. It's an wow. accomplishment. I mean, it is a niche series, but it's been it's been gaining popularity. But, you know, even Hyrule Warriors didn't sell that much. But I think just launching on the Switch, dropping the way it did with anticipation for the sequel, everybody really loving Breath of the Wild and it being closely themed after that. I mean, I think that was the formula. And I hope that they learn from that and they put more care on their future games. Because I think Nintendo kind of being over their shoulder like, hey, do this correctly. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, Koei Tecmo, Omega Force. It can get a little lazy when it's just their own properties. They don't treat them as good. But when they're working with another publisher and that property has some clout, they seem to put in some good work. I got a, a high hopes for Persona 5 Scramble. So yeah. speaking of which, Persona 5 Scramble, the release date is February 23rd, 2021. PS4, Switch, Steam, all uh, that. Buying it on release. Cannot right. wait. Watch yeah, that trailer. Ooh. Quick Bits Rumors. Blue Point is rumored to be making a remake of the Metal Gear Solid game that was on PlayStation 1. What, what, what? Yeah, David Hayter wants to get in there and voice that Solid Snake Man. Yeah, he does, and I hope he gets a chance to. But Kojima also may be working on Silent Hills again. What, what, what? Remember, these are rumors. <laughs> right. So, we won't put too much stock in them. And then we do know this for sure. A Metal Gear Solid film is in development. And who's playing the main character, Solid Snake? Apocalypse himself, Poe Dameron, Oscar Isaac. What do you think about that casting choice? Uh, I don't care, man. I can take it or leave it. Okay. Uh, all it is Same. is, I mean, is the movie going to be good? Is yeah. The question. You know what I mean? Which is why but, I look uh, past the actor. I don't care so much about that. I think he'll yeah. do an adequate job yeah, you know, he's a with the right actor. film. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be directed by Jordan, I, I'm probably going to mispronounce his last name, Vote Roberts. It's V-O-G-T hyphen Roberts. He directed Kong Skull Island. Oh, yeah. I love and, that movie. And Sony Pictures is going to produce it. Now, one of the writers on Kong Skull Island, Derek Connolly, Ooh. he also wrote for Detective Pikachu, the modern Star Wars films, and Jurassic World. He's writing this. Hmm. So you have a history between the writer and the director already working on Kong and doing video game movies and, you know, just fantastic sci-fi movies and stuff like that. It's looking hopeful. Yeah, that sounds like a match made in heaven. That's right. Now, you had some news about Cyberpunk being shipped early. What's going on with that? Yeah, so Best Buy shipped some collector's edition of Cyberpunk like a week early and customers got their hands on it. And uh, CD Projekt Red basically was like, hey, if you guys stream this, before it officially comes out, your video's getting taken down, so don't stream it. I like how their message was phrased, because they were like, hey, 
we'd really appreciate it if you don't stream it because we know some of you got it early. If you do, we'll find you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yikes. <laughs> you but can then, hide from us. And then they ended it with, but come, you know, December 9th, blah, 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 Pacific time, stream it like there's no tomorrow because it's 2020 and it probably is no tomorrow. And I was like, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> So that happened. Yeah, so yeah, all that to say, beware of cyberpunk spoilers because they will probably be out there if they aren't already, especially on YouTube. That's a big problem that I have when I'm not playing the most up to date stuff. When I get on YouTube, I'll see a thumbnail and it'd be like, "Oh, Spider Man Miles Morales," and I'm like, "No, oh my god!" <laughs> so be careful if you're like me and you like to be on YouTube a lot. Yeah, yeah, just watch out for spoilers for the next few days. You can do it. We we've waited this long. We can wait a little bit longer. Yeah. Now. There's been some shakeups and employment over at Naughty Dog. What's going on with that? Yeah, so the director of The Last of Us Part Two, Neil Druckmann, was just named the co-president of Naughty Dog. <laughs> and given how The Last of Us Part Two was received by a lot, well, half of the community, if they're even part of the community, I can a imagine... A vocal part of the community. Yeah, I can imagine that people are very upset about this. I, for one, excited. Good for him. He put out some really good game helped put out some really good games. He worked on uh, Uncharted, The Last of Us Part Two. Yeah, man. I mean, he's he's doing his thing. People hate so hard on that game. I don't know why. You know, I'm ambivalent about it just because I don't know how directing a video game translates to being the president of a company, right? That produces video games. Because is he still going to be working on the video games, or is he going to be making decisions that yeah. the directors of those games can make like what's the... yeah and how does that translate so i mean we'll see i i don't know how it's all going to pan out but like you i like the guy and i think he did a good job of last of us part two so if if he's happy with promotion good for you buddy yeah so, <laughs> i think the last thing i wanted to talk about mortal Kombat 2021 movie theaters hbo january 15 2021 january 15th yeah Seriously? Oh man. Sweet. I can't wait. Mortal Kombat. Do 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 you know what? There's one more thing I want to slide in there. Have you heard of the game called, I think it's called Tim Tim? Tim yeah, Tim Tim, the Pokemon uh, ripoff. Yeah. Rip-off, yeah. Yeah, I think it's coming to PS4 or PS5 pretty soon. I saw a little promo for it when I was going through my PS5 like uh, newsfeed thingy. Yeah, it's coming. It's coming hard, baby. I heard it's really good. I'm actually kind of excited to check it out low key. Cool. Like it's a ripoff, but if you're going to rip something off, rip something good off, you know? Yeah, and if it just so happens to do it better than Pokemon Sword and Shield, that'll be really funny. Yeah. Hey, man, the video game community, it's going through changes. Speaking yeah. of going through changes, what you feeling this week, Derek? I'm feeling Big Mouth Season 4. I'm going through changes. Oh, in my, in my life. life. <laughs> oh! <laughs> I love that show. Yeah, Big Mouth Season 4, man. What can I say? Other than still when, got it, yeah, they still got it. But when they, you think they've taken it too far, mm. but this new season just pushes it even further. That wa- scene on the last day of camp, 
when they, <laughs> you know, <laughs> when Andrew was getting his release, so to speak. Oh, yes. Boy. Dude, that I was dying. I had tears oh, in my eyes. Here's Why is that thing. show so funny? <laughs> yeah, here's the thing. I am feeling it, but while watching it, it just, I don't know, something about it just hurts me to watch it because they just keep on piling on thing after thing after thing after thing, and it does not stop. But I love it, but yeah. I also hate it. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I, I was into it. They're, they're shitting on some characters that I like, but in a way that's like forcing growth for them. And I know that they always bring it back around because I've seen it in previous seasons. Right. So I'm just waiting for that payoff. And there was. There is a payoff for the arc of a particular character that was having a rough time at camp, mm-hmm. right? And it was cool to see. And Missy, I Missy getting to hang out with Missy's some of her black relatives love, in Atlanta. I love Yeah. That. I've only seen, like, I think up to episode four or five, so I'm not as far as you are. But we saw that airport scene. Krista and I looked at each other like, oh, yeah. they were hit. <laughs> we, we thought because her parents were hippies, they'd be more woke or, like, at least aware but they were trying to pretend like certain things weren't existing. And right. I was like, okay, okay. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, no, loved it. All, loved all it, the Missy it. stuff is great. Also, the the nod to Jenny Slate being her voice actor, where she's like, no, 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 no. I yeah, really can't I, say I can't the N word. <laughs> I know. Trust me. I cannot <laughs> say the N word. <laughs> when I saw her name in the credits, I was like, oh, I, I guess uh, she's over not being the voice actor or whatever. Well, I think they already had this done. Season oh. four already done and recorded. So oh. I think going forward, she won't be the voice, but... Have we talked about that before? Yeah, we I, definitely I, talked about that. I don't... I mean, I don't remember what your thoughts were. I get it, but I also kind of don't like it. But I get it. But I don't like it. I mean, what do you think? I mean, I mean I'm mean, i black, so... Yeah, so... Yeah, so if somebody... Your opinion's going to have more weight than me, so... Yeah, so if, some, if somebody uh, black can get a job voicing a black character, I'm all for it. Fair enough. All for it. Because there are plenty... Of white characters for white people to voice. Plenty. That's true. Plenty. No, the only, in fact, the only reason why I even am gun shy about it is because Jenny Slate does a such such a good job as Missy. And I now know. I can't separate the two in my mind. I know. If it, if it was like prior and they were discussing who was going to, I'd be like, yeah, that no brainer. The, the hesitancy just comes from the fact that she nails it so well. Yeah. And it makes me sad. And I mean, she's half white, you know, she's, she's, but no, no, you're right. You're right. And I mean, you can't just support something just when it's convenient or it makes you comfortable. You need to support it all the way. So, right. And it was her, you know, it's her decision. So yeah, no, she she knows what it is. And it's not like she probably won't be in the cast voicing other people, you know, because they, they all voice multiple characters. So we'll still get some. There might even be like a, a future dream sequence where the new voice and the old voice are talking to each other. The way that Big Mouth works out, that's probably going to be the case. Yeah. So, you know, they can do a lot of stuff with it. All right. So this week, you may be wondering what I'm feeling. And it's related to Cyberpunk, actually. Do you know who Mike Diva is? I don't. Mike Diva, you should probably Google him or look him up, has done a lot of really cool kind of internet-esque videos. He's kind of like, you know how right now uh, DJ Marquis is really popular for doing remixes and stuff? Uh-huh. Mike Diva would do, he was more on the graphics side of things. He would do like really cool videos, but same same kind of concept. He's internet famous, right? Okay. And he recently directed the music video for the song that Run the Jewels did for Cyberpunk. Oh, yeah? Oh, I don't okay. Know, I don't know if you've seen the Run the Jewels Cyberpunk video or whatever. It's really good. Yeah, I'm so, actually looking at the YouTube clip. We're not watching it, but I see it. Yeah. It's in front no. of me right now, so I'll probably watch it. 
definitely check it out today and look like i said look up mike diva's other work it's great he's done remixes with the kazoo kid and a bunch of other stuff but uh he i like to see him getting you know this type of work and i'm a big fan of his obviously a big fan of run the jewels and big fan of cyberpunk so to see all three of them come together that filled me up with good feelings this week and it's what i am feeling awesome so check that out if you haven't seen it gamers definitely they're going to be in the game performing the song as well so you might catch them while you're running around night city Dope. and uh i love crossovers like this because i love the vibe and the message from run the jewels and i think it fits cyberpunk really well so awesome run those jewels baby yeah that's right but now i'm uh feel like i have to run with my arms rest <laughs> behind my back <laughs> believe it because i am getting ready to power up and ask for the challenge it is time for the derek x mike anime challenge anime baby this week we have berserk episode 11 and Full Metal Alchemist episodes 31 through 33 because I am bad at making deals. But let yeah. me ask you, Derek. <laughs> Episode 11 of Berserk. How was? It was good. It yeah. was good. It was a episode that looks like it's building on relationships between certain characters, which we'll mm. get into by the end of it. But it begins with Lady Charlotte, or Princess mm -hmm. Charlotte, mm -hmm. comes to Griffith. And she's like, Griffith! I just, you know, you're just so cool, and I want you to come back. So here, take this stone. There's a male part, and there's a female part, baby. Oh, okay. And if you put them together, then you got Ooh. some action and attraction. And if you put this on, I know that you'll come back. And Griffith, with his smooth self, said, I cannot accept such a gift, baby. So but I, sure I will tell you this. You. Yeah, I'll give it back to you when I get back. Oh. And then some. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, and Costco overhears, and she's like, eh. you know how Costco is. Uh-huh. And <laughs> Princess Charlotte tells her, she said, you have to look after him, okay? She's like, yeah, I got you. And then the queen, which mm. is this our first time seeing her, comes yeah. out. And she's all mm. regal and just uptight looking. Mm -hmm. and she's Basically, she says to her daughter, he's a common person. You need to watch how you make me look out here. Because you're my daughter and you're royalty. And you can't be mingling with these commoners, man. Mm -mm. Yeah. Queen don't like it. Queen not a fan. Yeah, and so the... Uh, Band of the Hawk goes into the battle with Shooter. That's Chuter. the the army they've been. It's Midland versus Shooter. They've been fighting Shooter okay. this whole time. Yeah, and so they go into battle, and it's fierce, man. Their guts is tearing people apart. The opposing forces are getting some of their guys. None of our main characters, thank God. Yeah, but there's there's blood everywhere, and honestly, a lot of these hits that I'm seeing, like they're like poking people in their arm, and they're like, ah, yeah, <laughs> and like it's killing them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so funny. <laughs> but uh it's 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 cool it's entertaining and uh Casca before the f battle she looked like she was wasn't feeling so well you know being married I was like well I think I know what's going on here yeah <laughs> and so she gets into the battle and she starts having a little trouble with some soldiers and mm. then the opposing commander Adon comes up to her and he says to her you're that famous female commander in the band of the hawk women have no place on the battlefield you probably keep your men warm at night, don't you, honey? Yeah, we remember Adon <laughs> from the castle that got sieged before where he can't, He went out on a raft and kicked people off of it. And he was like, I'm your commanding officer, and I'm going to yeah. fool them with a the technique that's been passed down through the Adon family for 500 years. Right. <laughs> He's a jerk. Yeah, and basically he tells Casca that he'll spare her life if she comes and is his army's whore, basically. Yikes. I'm like, fuck you, guy. Kill his ass. 
she gets backed up to the edge of the cliff. And yeah, she's as, fighting him, but she's yeah, struggling. Yeah. Yeah, just as Adon is about to finish her off, Guts comes through, blocks the blade, or the trident, or whatever he uses, some giant stick. Yeah. <laughs> and he blocks it, and then Don is like, I'm going to use this technique that's been passed down for 140 years. <laughs> <laughs> like, it keeps getting earlier and earlier. Yeah. And then uh, he says, I'm going to do it, and he starts saying the name of it, and then Gus just splits his helmet down the middle. And you see why I love this show? Yeah. He starts great. with that anime bullshit, and Gus is like, I don't have time for this. Bad. Yeah. <laughs> he splits it down the middle, and then he hits him in the side of the head with his sword. He mm. falls to the ground. And then we see Casca kind of sweating, and she's looks like she's about to faint. She starts to fall backwards, and Guts grabs her. And then Adon shoots Guts in the side with a crossbow. Mm. And they go careening off the side of the cliff into the river below. Mm. And then Guts swims them to the shore, and he says to himself, Swimming in full armor, I'm never doing that again. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, how the fuck did I even do that? That sucks. Yeah. And he finds a little cave for them. To find some shelter in because it's raining at this point. Mm -hmm. And Casca still has this fever. She's not doing well. Then he decides that he's going to do what she did to keep him warm when he had a fever, which was Mm -hmm. take off all her clothes. Get the wet clothes clothes. off. Yeah. Yeah. And then just warm her that way. Mm -hmm. And then he notices that there's some blood running like down the back of her thigh. Mm -hmm. And he just says to himself, oh, Casca, it must be so hard being a woman. (laughs) <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, a little mo- little moment, rare moment yeah. of empathy from Guts. He's like, oh, I get it. That's tough. <laughs> I was like, oh, Guts knows about periods. That's sweet. Yeah. <laughs> so Griffith finds out that Guts and Casca have gone over the edge and he wants to go searching for them. But then a knight in the white dragons is like, I hope you know the point of this battle is to win and not to send good men after a couple of other men. We need to stick to the plan and we need to finish the battle. And he's just like, okay. And then the show kind of ends with a shot of Guts looking all manly, holding Casca in his arms with his sword, with his arm up on his sword. And I was like, oh, Guts, he can hold me like that any day, man. Yeah, you know, he, he's trying yeah, to pretty. He's a, yeah. I love that image, by the way. It's it's pulled straight from the manga. Yeah. And, like, he has her cradled, and he's under that cave, and he's, like, leaning on his sword. And it's just one of the few moments that you get to see him care about somebody. Right. You know, because usually we talked about before he's in survival mode. He's constantly having to fight to survive or kill other people. And he thrives on being alone because back when he had somebody relied on somebody, they betrayed him the worst way that you can be betrayed. Right. And so to see him slowly open up to somebody, especially Casca, somebody he didn't notoriously get along with. It's interesting. Yeah, it's definitely foreshadowing a relationship between them. Mm-hmm. So can't wait to see where it goes. Yeah, the next episode, you're going to get a whole lot of backstory for Casca. So I'm interested to, to see what you think about that. And then pretty soon we're going to get some decent backstory on Griffith, which I know okay. that you're going to be interested in. So, yeah. yeah. Give it to me, give it to me, give it to me. <laughs> <laughs> I loved how he knocked out Adon's teeth with that move. He was like, bat, yeah. bat. He was spitting out teeth like. It's <laughs> like he knocked him out. He took him down with two moves. Yeah. But yeah. Adon still had a crossbow, man. Ugh, what a jerk. Yeah, he sucks. Yeah, well, we'll see more him later on. So, yeah, yeah, cool. Well, so we have episode 31 of Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, the 520 Sends Promise. So I'm going to kind of read through the synopsis here and give you my thoughts as we go through. After contemplating why Scar and May could transmute when the alchemy of others was blocked at the time, Edward and Alphonse decide to search for May and Xiaomei. We talked about that last week, that he's like, I got to learn 
how they do the alchemistry, right? Right. Meanwhile, Mustang subordinates are all saying their goodbyes as they're sent to their different state military bases away from Mustang and, the, and each other. Mustang reminds Edward that he owes him 520 cents because Edward had borrowed it previously to call Winry to make sure she was okay after she was threatened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Edward decides he's going to keep the money until Mustang becomes freer and they have a little back and forth like, and then I'm going to borrow more money and I'm going to borrow yeah. more money. Yeah. yeah. It's just a cute little character building moment between the two of them. Mustang uses the note that he had received from Fallman to make contact with commanding officer Grumman. And he's wanting to meet with commanding officer Grumman. He's the guy, the older commanding officer that said, hey, maybe there's some people high up in the military you can trust. Turns out that was not true. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, Fu comes back to the doctor's house where Lanfon was being treated and he's shocked to find that she had lost her arm and yeah. you find out that he's actually her grandfather and he like slaps her he's so upset and then he's crying and then like they make up like i thought he was being really uncharacteristically harsh towards her i guess it's a japanese or cultural thing but i was like you're being an ass yeah. <laughs> but he was, and, he was he was really just so sad and he didn't know how to express himself express it other than slapping her i guess <laughs> yeah and shaming her and being like how yeah. dare you lose your arm you idiot you're so dumb yeah. stupid but idiot. Then, he, then he starts crying and no he breaks down sad. they decide to decline to seek an automill replacement and again i don't really understand why get her an automill arm they're so easy to get right later on knox has a visit from his wife and son who are pleased to hear he treated two of the patients and you get an idea that you know he's kind of a gruff old man, but obviously he cares about people, and they're complimenting him. And he's like, "Ah, shut up." So, right. uh, suspecting that Marco has escaped with Scar, with you know Scar left that lovely headless body in the message. Yummy. Envy looked around and was like, "I think they may have transmuted a dog instead, and and actually took Marco with him." He gets hints about that, so he releases Kimberly from prison. That alchemist that had destroyed Scar's family with Philosopher's Stone, the crazy yeah. alchemist, the one that's like, I love killing people in the war. <laughs> yeah, he releases Kimberly from prison and gives him the task of retrieving Marco and killing Scar. Kimberly's like, yay. <laughs> and they even give him a new Philosopher's Stone and everything. He's super Murder, happy death, about it. Kill. Murder, death, kill. Pretty much. <laughs> he is kind of like the Simon Phoenix yeah. of uh, <laughs> Full Metal Alchemy. So wanting to find out more about Kimberly and the secrets behind his brother's alchemy. Scar deforms Marco's face so he will not be recognized before heading north to recover his brother's notes. He basically puts his destruction arm on Marco's face and blasts it. I was like, oh my god. Yeah. And you just see like a bloody mess like under his hood. And then he looks at May and he's like, you can fix that, right? May's like, oh, 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 okay. (laughs) She uses, (laughs) yeah, right? She uses alkahestry to try to like heal his face up. Doesn't really work 100%, but I think that was the idea is that he would look different. Right. So he and Marco and May, uh, they're going to head up north, try to find his brother's notes. Episode 32, The Fuhrer's Son. As May catches a train north with a hooded person, which we presume potentially to be Marco, Scar heads west by train with another hooded person, which we presume is Marco. (laughs) It's kind of confusing. Grumman, disguised as a woman, does meet with Mustang, which was... They made a big deal out of it. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> He's like, what? You're a woman? Oh, man, you're so eccentric. Dressing up as a woman to be your disguise. Ooh. Okay, <laughs> Japanese people. So he meets with Mustang and they discuss the current situation. And 
he reveals that he saw May at the railway station and where she was heading. And so now Mustang is going to kind of aware that he asks Armstrong to pass that information on to Edward, who is in the library, just looking for notes on Alka history because all his leads on trying to find may have dried up at this point. Mm-hmm. So Armstrong lets him know where they're headed up north and also gives Edward a letter of introduction to his sister, Major General Olivier Mira Armstrong, who is at the Briggs Fortress. And the Briggs Fortress kind of reminded me of the wall of Game of Thrones. It's really icy and cold up there. And there's a giant ass iron wall like separating the border. Yep. So that's uh, where he's going to be heading. Edward and Alphonse accidentally meet the Fuhrer's adopted son in the library at first i thought he was just some random kid that was fanboying out like he runs into alphonse he's like oh my god he must be the full metal alchemist no he said he must be the full metal alchemist brother oh yeah that's right yeah because he knows yeah he knows and then edward comes by and then they find out that his name is salim bradley and they're like oh my goodness that's your son and salim invites the guys over to his house and they decide to go so they're there meeting with the fuhrer's wife and his kid and then the fuhrer just pops in and shoots them anime dagger Griffith eyes like motherfucker. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but then he's like, hey, how's it going? See you guys are meeting with my family. That's cool. <laughs> and I mean, Edward's barely holding it together. Like he's shaking with rage because he obviously he's very upset with the Fuhrer right now. Right. After the meeting, the Elwert brothers catch a train north trying to follow after May. And then meanwhile, Kimberly, who had intel that Scar was heading west on a train, attacks Scar's train. But Scar and his companion leave the train and travel on by foot. During that attack, it was kind of crazy. He grabs what he thinks is Marco, and it turns out to be the other weird guy that was kind of Scar's friend, uh, kind of Yoki. not. Yoki. Yeah. yeah. The guy that had hired people to attack Scar, but then end up being like like his companion. It's really yeah. weird. <laughs> so Yoki was actually a decoy, and Marco is heading north with May. What's funny is Scar almost kills Kimberly, even though Kimberly's yeah. really powerful. And Kimberly's like, I've been in prison running away, but this guy's been fighting for his life the entire time. And as he's in her monologuing, again, you love to see it. Scar just <laughs> tosses an iron rod and pierces him and impales him against a train door. And yeah. I was like, yes, stop his stupid talking and kill him. And then in order to get away, Kimberly's like, I hate to do this, but we're going to have to fight another day. He uses alchemy to separate the train cars. And he just travels on by the train while you know scar slowly slows down with the back train cars being separated and he's like yeah because he knows yeah he knows kimberly is the one that killed his entire family so he was not playing games and it showed like kimberly knew too he was like if i try to face off against this guy right now i'm gonna die so Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's how that pretty much ended the northern wall of briggs that's episode 33 Kimberly deduces that Scar is probably heading north. He manages to catch up. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. I spoke ahead. Part of what I described just now with the fight that actually bled into episode 33. So let me move forward here. After the fight, you know, Kimberly escapes. May continues north with Marco. And then Edward and Alphonse, who are also heading north, arrive at the mountain path that leads up to the Briggs Fortress. They're immediately attacked by what looks to be another state alchemist. His name is Captain Buccaneer, and he's using auto mail as well, but auto mail fitted to work well in the cold, which Edward soon finds out he does not have that type of auto mail. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so he's already at a disadvantage, and they end up being surrounded by guards and captured and taken before Olivier at the, uh, the fortress. She's less than welcoming. 
And she takes the letter of introduction that Edward has from Armstrong and kind of rips it up. And she's like, yeah. I don't care what my brother has to say for you. I'm going to make my own determination about who you are and what you're about. Don't think we're going to be going easy on you because you're kids, because we're not. Right. Fuck Sorry. Them kids. <laughs> it fucked them kids as a person. <laughs> yep. And at the end of the episode, May and Marco do find the research notes written by Scar's brother, and they start to decipher them. And that's kind of how we end there. So that's it. Yeah. A whole lot going on there, and we're going to see if they all kind of get together, learn some new alchemy to take on Father and the gang. Yeah, you've transitioned into the next part of the series. Woohoo! We're good. Next part. Woohoo! Yeah. yeah, I'm like halfway through now, ain't I? Yeah. Oh, boy. It's been a journey. <laughs> yeah. Let me tell you. All right, speaking of a journey, thank you, listeners, for going on this journey with us and listening to episode... What are we at now? Yeah, we're on 20-something. That's crazy. 20-something. Episode a lot. Episode much. <laughs> but if you want to continue to listen to us and maybe check us out during the week, Derek, where can the good people find you at? Yeah, so if you're interested in anything that I mentioned earlier, the PS3 games, the Wii games, the PS2 games, you can check it out at ebay.com slash str slash gamer goodies and more. I sell video games, toys, and also a lot of vintage items. So check that out. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at gamer goodies more. And on Twitter at goodies underscore more. You want to find me on Twitter? I'm at Mike Peterson AL. I Twitch stream during the week at twitch.tv slash mcpaperstacks. Mondays I play usually beat em ups or brawlers. Right now I'm going through the story of Age of Calamity for Hyrule Warriors, and that's at 9 Eastern. Fridays I'm playing horror games, usually start at 10 Eastern, and right now I'm playing through Resident Evil 7. Good times. And mm -hmm. then Tuesdays, Thursdays, Saturdays is the main stream at 8 Eastern. Playing through Doom Eternal, or maybe more accurately, Doom Eternal is playing through me. <laughs> and <laughs> I will not be finishing that game because we're going to be jumping straight to Cyberpunk this Thursday when it launches. I ordered from Best Buy. Who is Best Boy? But I did not have it shipped just in case we have shipping delays. I'm going to pick that bad boy up on Thursday. Yeah. So it is happening. No more Miles Morales hit Bug Snacks mishaps. Bug Snacks. We're, we're playing Cyberpunk <laughs> 2077 on Thursday, damn it. So I hope you'll join me. If you want to check out archives of previous Let's Plays or other games I've played this year, you can check me out on YouTube, MC Paperstacks Plays. And our show, we upload new episodes every single Sunday, people. We're open to guests. We're open to questions. So stop by, check us out at our hub, anchor.fm slash player2 is enter the pod. You can find us anywhere podcasts are played, Breaker, Google Podcast, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. You can email us at mcpaperstacks at gmail.com. And if you're on Facebook, I have a local group that you can join. You don't have to necessarily be local. Send me a message or hop on to facebook.com slash group slash indie gamers. And that's our show. All right. And once again, I want to say sorry to call like I don't see it for stealing quick bits. Quick bits. <laughs> we just had to. This episode was going on too long. <laughs> you had to take the quick bits, baby. Yeah, we had to use your technique. So we appreciate you. All right. I hope everybody has a good week and we will talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Peace.